broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... We're live, guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on our live stream of the Pro Wrestling Rewind or the Wrestling Rewind here on Air to Know Media and the True Penny Channel. And, of course, Phoenix Femme, if you're listening to this um, on Tuesday night. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Dave Stevens. How are you, Dave? Doing fantastic. Ready to head into the dark side of the world. Yeah. Yeah, um, this topic we've kind of we said we were going to touch on it. We did touch on it last week, but it's so vast and it's so deep and it's so good that um, we said right, we'll just give it its own episode as such. And um, yeah, like I I watched this kind of with the with the two most harrowing episodes first, um, being the Chris Benoit ones, and then kind of worked back. So I feel like I got the worst out of the way first and then was like well the rest of it's not so bad um i will have to say wrestle wrestle that that's channel yeah. they did a similar series um which i really liked and um so when it came to this i was like okay they've kind of touched on this before but um uh, the way vice did it was just excellent so um what did you think going into this did you have any preconceived notions or were you not brag slate I had heard about this for, you know, since it started um, last year back in April and I did not watch it at the time because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get, I don't know, there's certain things in wrestling with certain topics that as a wrestling fan, I have knowledge of, but I've avoided. I didn't necessarily want to get into the gritty. I didn't know if I wanted to actually understand why these things were so important because we kind of put a those rose-colored tinted glasses on but i will say i started in order i was lucky my cable provider had them all on demand so right. i was able to watch all 12 episodes for seasons um so i did start with the match made in heaven episode which is the brandy savage and miss elizabeth and within five minutes of hearing it being narrated by Dutch Mantel, the fantastic interviewees how well produced it was I said, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm hooked. And I, if you if you haven't watched it, listen to us because we're not really going to spoil anything. We're talking history here. Right. But you guys have to check this out. And I'm not getting paid by Vice to say this. <laughs> it is yeah. phenomenally produced. Yeah, I, one thing I would have to say, like Vice's production of everything is great. Like I, one of my favorite documentaries ever is Cyber War. Like the major hacks that happened and what's going on in that world, I love it. It's fantastic. They are like very biased with, with yes. their with their left leaning stuff, and that's it is what it is. But kind of going in with it, you know that. But as far as like watching, like they did a good one. I think they did a Netflix one on the on the pandemic recently as well. 
Um, that was pretty good. But any documentary I've seen, once you kind of are aware of the bias going in, um, you have a great time watching it. And just, you know, as I said, like uh, WrestleMania did a similar series to this, which was good. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. And I would urge everybody to do so. Um, but just watching some of these, it was unreal. It was fantastic. Well, I think like you're saying that, I knew they would have a bias. So actually, I was kind of worried about what the bias would be against professional wrestling. Were they Mm. trying to turn people off from it? And that's not at all the impression that I got watching the show. If anything, I felt more intrigued to tune into Raw this week, even though, I mean, it's, you know, it would be awful. But they did such a good job of really taking you back in time. Yes. To the feelings of that time period. It's like uh, as someone who studied history, mm. as you did yourself, that's one of the most important aspects is you can't look at things with today's glasses no. and expect to understand the context of what occurred. Context I think is, Vice did a great job. Context is key. I think that's with, with everything, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, I'm going to do a lot of this comparison because it's fair but WrestleMania they didn't do that as such they just kind of told you the facts and that was it but these guys you know I think it's just because they had the actual people there like when you're watching the stuff on the Von Erichs they had the, the last surviving member of the Von Erichs um, you know the Fabulous I mean, Lacey Brothers. wasn't on there exactly yeah I was, no Lacey. <laughs> I was like they didn't even mention her it's like okay um, you know with the Montreal Screwjob they had everyone involved with it um, the Fabulous Muda stuff you know, Brawl for All. Brawl for All was actually one of the favorite, my favorite ones, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it was just hilarious. I yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, but, you know, they really did kind of set up. I, now, what I was surprised by, um, they had WWE footage. Like, a lot yes. of WWE footage. And it wasn't, it was weird. It was like, it wasn't like the stuff that was on TV. So it must have been stuff that was shot on a B camera or else their own personal footage that they had. Uh, but I was still shocked that that was allowed even show yeah that was one of the things i was most curious about going into it and i think uh second season parts one and two uh, the first two episodes are the benoit and they had the footage yes of you know chavo on the night of the benoit celebration that three hour raw i was there's no way wwe would give them permission so I, i don't know what legally, exactly? I don't, yeah, legally, I'm like, what? How did this happen? I think it's, I think it's because it's public domain now because it was My, part of a crime. Well, it must be. I don't know. I'm not a legal expert here. Uh, yeah, neither of us are doctors, but we no. think the legality here. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I look. If anyone knows, you know, let us know. Are you in trouble here? You know, I might reach out to Corey and ask him. But um, it's it's one of those things that really shocked me that from the get go we had footage. Like yes. actual real WWE footage, which is weird to see on a documentary where where WWE aren't always been shown in the best light as such. But um, the first season, I think, was we got we'll, we'll kind of talk the first season and then jump to the second season. The first season was very light um, in mm. comparison. Remember, I watched this out of sequence so I started with the most heavy one and then kind of worked back the second season was very very light when you think about it like the match made in heaven one was it surprised me uh, a lot I didn't know most things in that um, but it still was kind of light up until it wasn't you know when it got kind of heavy um, the Montreal Screwjob one I think is the weakest to the whole lot you uh, know that's interesting yes they were like 
since you mentioned that they were light, I, I will probably make jokes during this, or there'll probably be banter between Derek and I. And I just want to clarify something. These are really super serious topics. That they are. are very dark. They are. So yeah, when we dark. are laughing, know that it's not coming from a place of vitriol or we're not actually no. mocking the situations themselves. I feel like I should give a disclaimer here because I, I know what's going to happen. and I don't want it to come across that way. So, you know, a little disclaimer. The yeah. thoughts of myself are not necessarily the views of myself. <laughs> Look, uh, when I say light, I it's mean like, it. it's like New Jack. It's like New Jack had to have the disclaimers for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's <laughs> exactly like uh, in context. When I say light, I mean it's like compared to a double murder suicide or New Jack oh. trying to kill someone or assassinations. <laughs> like these are all covered. So and me laughing about that. That's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's craziness. So like a work shoot, and the Montreal Screwed on my opinion was probably a work shoot. Um, Really? Yeah. You're, you're one of those guys, to quote Jim Cornette. Well, no, I actually interviewed, we did a show, the desk, we actually interviewed the guy who did the documentary on it. And it's a four uh, and Wrestling a, with Shadows? No, no, no. The documentary that, that believes the Montreal School job was was a work shoot. And it's four and a half oh, okay. hours. I, I don't know where that show is. Uh, if I find <laughs> it, I'll post it. But, yeah. but the documentary is four and a half hours. And it does kind of lay out a lot where you're like, you know what? this there's more to this but it wouldn't shock me but as far as you know that compared to the horrific horrific history of the von erics which is just their course man they 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 pissed off somebody um well yeah if i've learned anything it's that wrestlers are cursed for sure <laughs> it's, to um, me. it's crazy maybe perhaps you shouldn't do copious amounts of cocaine in the Terms yes. of a cereal bowl's worth, I learned yeah. maybe that's a bad thing to do. I can't believe someone had a cereal bowl of cocaine, but they did. That was just, and he took it out so casually. He was like, <laughs> "Here you go. Do you want some?" It's like, "Whoa, okay." I was this trying is to do wild. the math in my head, and I I couldn't even not to even know what the current <laughs> price is. But I'm just like, "That's." I'm thinking in Scarface strength because I mean it literally is that comical. It's like a Scarface comical amount. They actually had your. Well, they talking had, about the. Um, well, they had your man who's Scar- on episode five, which is the mysterious death of a uh, gorgeous Gino. Exactly, but here's the thing: your man who Scarface is based on is in that episode. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's kind of like, and apparently there's oh, a thing. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's 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 it. Like that's when I was watching that, I'm like, oh man, this is this is so deep and so dark. So yeah, like look, Montreal screw job. Uh, you know, it's like the only person really upset by this is Bret Hart. You know, if he is upset about it, he got paid millions of dollars. So he did. I, there's no question that he made a huge payday out of it. But actually, what I got out, see, like we were saying earlier, Vice definitely has a bias and everything if they do and yeah, it doesn't necessarily even have to be oh there was like a left leaning not even that no well even watching this documentary you could tell okay they like this person and yeah. they don't like that person yeah a great example of this is the montreal screw job mm. for the first time in my life i felt bad for earl hebner yes now I, I did find it funny though that Earl Harbner was saying that and he had a shirt for years in TNA and he'd come out and wear it where he's like you know I, yes I screwed Brett and would sell it so it's like y- you really can't do that Earl like I was in the building when you had that shirt many times and he'd wear the glasses and do the bra thing and it's like right it's like come on yeah. man like you know so uh, look the, the Montreal screw job you know if anyone listening 
believes that it's real, cool. If anyone is like me and believes that there's more to it, also cool. But in the context of this show, it it was surprising that they went for it. You know, like it's something milk toast that WWE would go for, and they did with their uh, uncensored show, which is on the network, and I had the DVD of. So look, I'd say you know it, it's a it's a unique way to look at it, but it's it, it is what it is. The one that surprised me straight off the bat, Dave, and I said this to you when I was watching it, was the Macho Man stuff. Oh my god! I didn't know yeah. he did this. Like, and you know, okay, in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't the worst thing anyone did, but right. it's still pretty bad. Like, it, 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 you know, super controlling husband over his wife where she couldn't leave the locker room without him. Like, yeah, look, that's really bad. And I just was completely unaware of it. I was like, wow, Macho Man was a bit of a dick. Yeah, it was. It's sometimes it's nice, and I think it's just the rose tinted glasses I was talking about at the beginning that we enjoy wrestling through. I've seen mentions here or there, but I mean, they went in depth uh, in terms of he. I knew about keeping her in the locker room and stuff, and not letting people interact because he was jealous and paranoid and all that. But I had no idea about how closely he made her stay in like motel rooms yeah. and. Wouldn't it, it, even let her her initially interact with uh, Linda Hogan or whatever her name is. I will say she I mm, not a fan of her. Really, As not, I'm just not a fan of uh, Miss Balea or however you say her See, last name. I I became more of a fan of her from watching this show. That's what angered me. And That's like, what angered me. I'm like, ah, Vice likes her, and I can't yeah. stand her. And they're portraying her in this positive light. <laughs> it's such a light, positive light, yeah, right. Like I, I watched, I watched Hogan knows best. I'm like, oh, she's a bit of a so and so. Exactly what. That's right? exactly why I can't stand her. And I'm like, I know what she's like. And then I'm watching this, and she comes out, and she looks about, you know, twenty years younger, and she's super nice. And was like, hold on a minute, what happened here? Yeah. You're, you're not the same person. Like this is crazy, you know. But um. I will did you th- catch? Did you catch kind of a veil of a lot of the comments she said about Elizabeth? She was also kind of talking about herself. Yes. Yeah, that definitely came across to me when it came to stuff that they had to do yeah. as the wives. The wives. Yeah, I had to yeah. paint down, clean off the blood, and you know everything. Everything she said, it was like, "This is about you. Yep. <laughs> like this is about you. This is the." But I, I you know, very self-serving. Very self-serving. Well, she's a Hogan, of course. You know, that's the way. Put yourself over, brother. <laughs> so, um, but like, I, 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 it was cool to learn that they did have that kind of interaction, that social circle, which was, you know, added more layers to the TV because at that point it was real. Yeah. And it seems like it was more real than now, where, you know, you go on Twitter and, or Instagram and they always hang out when nobody cares. But now, but back then it was like, well, the mega powers, they actually did hang out together because, it was real, right? It was, it was super cool to see those barbecue picks and super cool to see the kayfabe stuff. And you could almost say that the kayfabe stuff is the reason that this entire series exists because that you had to live your character. And yeah. I know everybody listening is going, yeah, we know. But no, it's but you not don't like know. it is today. No, it's but you totally don't. Different. Yeah, like you don't know. We can say that because we're not wrestlers and we live in 2020. Right. These people live in the 80s where professional wrestlers and professional wrestling was completely different and they lived their they lived their gimmick like most of most of these almost all of these are like people who either got lost in their gimmick yes. went crazy because they believed their gimmick or their gimmick was set up to fail 
as in the brawl for all. Like and that's something that really hits when you talk mm. about that and the power of somebody like Vince McMahon and the kind of character he could give you. Mm. Like now I kind of have a better instinct when it comes to people saying this is how Vince would screw with guys. Because yeah, yeah if you have to live this character, he's basically telling you this is your life. Yeah, this is your life now. This is what you do. You know, and it, it's like one on the one hand, can you feel sorry for millionaires? And on the other hand, you still have to feel sorry for people. Exactly. And that's the struggle that you kind of have when you're watching this. You're like, and to be fair to Vice, they very seldomly go, you know, oh, I feel sorry for the millionaires. Like, no, these are people. And case of yeah. point there, you know, with um, with the whole Hulk stuff, like that man has more money than we'll ever comprehend. No, he L- 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 no, Linda McMahon. I mean, sorry, Linda McMahon has more money oh, than we oh. comprehend because of the because of the loss, because of the divorce and that. And you still feel sorry for her, but you're like, you never have to work ever again. <laughs> like you're no, you're you set never for life again. You, I think she ended up better than Hogan in the divorce. Don't she even did. ask me how that's possible. No, she did, she did. You know, and you still feel sorry for her. It's the same thing with no, you I know, don't. I still can't stand her. <laughs> I mean, Vice, thanks for putting a great series together, but she genuinely seems like a terrible person. Well, yeah, she, she chill on the Botox. She's start on, there. To be fair, she doesn't look as bad. There was one woman on, on the show, and I don't remember which one was on, and I was terrified every time she came on the screen. <laughs> she looked like a cat lady. I'm like, what happened? Like, what did you do? You know? Are, are you talking about, this is going to sound awful if I'm hitting this wrong. Are you talking about Dino Bravo's mom? No, no, it wasn't Dino Bravo. It wasn't. It was earlier. It was way earlier on. It was. I think it was in the Gino Hernandez episode or the Bruiser Brody one. I can't remember okay. which one. But a woman showed up, and it just terrified the hell out of me. She was someone's <laughs> wife. Uh, oh, okay, okay. And she found the body, so I don't remember which one it was exactly. Oh. But man, I. It was the eighties. The eighties were wild, 80s. apparently, and we didn't even realize this. I, I did enjoy the fact that. Like, there were some topics that I wasn't overly familiar with, like a, like a good few of them. And um, hello to everybody in the chat. Guys, if you want to comment, feel free. What was your favorite episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Let us know. Um, yeah, so I wasn't over familiar with, with the Von Erichs, like how dark that was, how how unlucky they were. I wasn't over familiar with uh, Gorgeous Gino, and I wasn't over familiar with Bruiser Brody, right? New Jack, I knew a fair bit about, but holy cow. That man, <laughs> that man is crazy. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, I never want to be near New Jack, no. ever. Like, I feel like I feel too close to him now, and I'm over across a different country in a quarantine lockdown state, and I'm still afraid <laughs> that New Jack is going to find me. Like, holy cow, man, that's crazy. I have had the privilege, shall we say, <laughs> of watching sh- like straight shoots that New Jack's done. Um, right. Like three hour long, four hour long. And I've watched at least three or four of them. And let me tell you, what they presented in the Vice documentary was tame yeah. compared to the stories this guy will tell about himself. For example, um, as we, as most people know, the term for a female fan who... Uh, hangs around with the wrestlers blah, blah, as a ring rat. Well, New Jack would take this to a whole nother level. He just would have no such little respect that his way of making a living, because we were talking about, do you feel bad for millionaires? Not everybody was a millionaire. You also have people like New Jack who 
they're making some money, but relatively, what do they have left? And yeah. by this point, he's working the indie scene. And he was talking about how in like the ECW days, he would get a girl, a regret to hook up with him just so he could get her credit card information so that oh he could God. buy stuff and yeah. then dump her and then move on to the next one. Like this is the level of human being that we're talking about. And Vice yeah. humanized him. Yeah, they and, did. And they, they humanized Benoit and they humanized some of these people. That was surprising to me. Well, one, um, thing, one thing that happened when I was watching the New Jack episode, do you remember the episode of uh, the rest of you, TNA, um, Hard Justice 2010 show? Th- that was the Jeff Hardy show, right? No, that was the ECW reunion show. Oh, okay. Yes, and and, yes, Hunter, and yes. Hunter, Golden's, Hunter Golden's rant on New Jack. Where he's like, you just New Jack, you just can't get him. You know, it's like I just, I was just start laughing the entire time because I'm just like, now that makes a lot more sense what he was talking about. That New Jack is such an under, undervalued. Like he's toxic. He's completely toxic. Completely and toxic. It makes sense Absolutely. now, you know. And for TNA to bring someone who is completely toxic onto the, it, it, it adds dimensions. So what? Ten years later, I finally get why that was really, really funny. Outside of Hunter Gold's rant, which are also amazing. Yeah. Um, so that 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 was it was it's definitely surprising the way that they because they could have they could have portrayed him worse, I would say. But overall. It wasn't bad. I, I, he's a very entertaining character. He is. Um, but really what stood out to me is from that particular episode is how much of a ridiculous racist Jim Cornette is. Well, yeah, he got fired for, oh for he, got, he got fired from NWA power for saying something incredibly racist. Well, I, I mean, the but the way Vice was presenting it and talking about the way that New Jack was being booked in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and for those unaware, he would, you know, he would go out there and praise OJ and they did Rodney King angles. But Jim Cornette was the mind behind this and he was literally, te- like, he was literally putting him and his partner out there to get racial slurs thrown at them because he's like, oh, I can make money off of racism. That was the promotion that Jim Cornette was running, look, man, and it, it, that's a, that's I, look. It's it's cheap heat, but it, there's there's yeah, but you're right. It's cheap heat. It wasn't oh, it, it was and it was weird heat. And I had thought kind of in the first season of watching a show like oh, Jim Cornette Vice seems to be on his side. They're presenting him well, and as somebody who's always been a Vince Russo fan, I was it, like, he eh, comes he comes off very bad. What. Yeah, by the, by the end of what I've seen of season two, you're like Jim yeah. Cornette is kind of a scumbag, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. But look, like the the feud, one of the things that you know we were talking about that you were kind of teasing me to reel me in to get me to watch the Dark Side of the Ring was the back and forth that they had on like the Montreal Screwjob and the um, Brawl, Brawl, Brawl episodes, yeah. especially. And Vince Russo's stance is kind of can we just this isn't, I don't really care. And Jim Cornette's talking, I'm going to piss on your grave and do all this stuff. I was like, and Vincent doesn't care at all at this point. Just, it seems. No, I do, li- I do like Vincent Russo just like, this is still entertaining. And you're like, yeah, that's that's part of the like, I still enjoy this. I still enjoy this. And I'm like, oh man, like, see, a humanized everybody to the point where you're like, people make bad decisions. 
Yes. But, you know, it, it, it's if you stick by them or not. And I think, like, you know, Russo has already said what he doesn't like and what he would have done differently. But all for all, to be fair, like, it, I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it killed so many careers. Right. I did not realize that. I also didn't I did, realize yeah. that it wasn't, for some reason, it was a pay-per-view in my head. I didn't realize no, it was it on Raw over two months. Yeah. I, I, it's funny how when I go back and I look at things from, you know, my childhood, I mean, I was, what, eight, eight years, six years old when this happened, eight years old. Yes. Yeah, so I guess I forgot, obviously, but. I did not know, like you're saying, yeah, how many careers it ruined? They were talking about people getting their hamstrings pulled and all this. One, one thing I didn't know, and I went back and, re- and watched it on the network, I didn't realize Dr. Death was there for so long. Like, he wasn't there for ages, but he was, he had some hardcore matches and stuff like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, him and Jim Ross had a whole thing. And now this makes sense. They were kind of building him towards this big thing. But again, watching it, like, I, to be fair, my biggest memory of Dr. Death was playing WWE Attitude and being like, who yes. the hell is Dr. Death? Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, no, it's fair. It's like, what? It's, you know, that, that's his biggest his biggest impact in me as, a, as you said, an eight-year-old. Yeah. It's that, that, to me, was... I think that's why this is great. And it's one of the things we've been getting to at the end of the show mm-hmm. is I'm kind of curious what of our modern day storylines and angles. Will we be seeing Dark Side of the Ring episodes for 20 years from now or 25 years from now? I think it'd be a cool thing to get into. Yeah, we'll get into that um, near the end um, of the show, I think. You know, and it's, but, you know, uh, look, with, with, with New Jack, his, you know, I did feel horrible for the abuse that was thrown at him by crowds. Like I can only imagine what that would feel like. That's horrible. But one thing that I've seen that, you know, with Cheapy, I think, when does Cheapy go too far? I think there's a case in point, right? But, right. you know, at the same time, you know, flamboyant wrestlers would get called, you know what, they'd get called, and they went into right. that bit as well. Um, but even nowadays, when you go to wrestling shows in Ireland, if an English wrestler is wrestling, Guess what the promo is going to be towards an Irish crowd. So it's like, have we really got past this, or are we still kind of there? You know, that's the yeah. thing. You know, like cheap, cheap by its by its definition is cheap, and right. the cheapest way to do stuff is by lowest common denominator, and that's what it is. But I couldn't believe that people were doing that. I'm like, I really? Think- A crowd just called you that, and you it, just it still sh- went. You know? It shocked me based on that. See, it's not that I'm upset about the cheap heat. I'm upset about the fact that Jim Cornette throughout this entire series is trying to paint himself as this brilliant mastermind when at the end of the day, all he was doing was saying, go piss off some white people so I can make money and pay you just a tiny amount. Yeah, true like, racism, which yeah. is which is crazy, you know, and it's like. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know I lo- who's crazier. Was, is, was it, is it crazier that Jim Cornette was spending a lot of time profiting in the 90s off of racism or is it crazier that him and Vince Russo were fighting over who came up with the job to do the Montreal screwdriver? I don't right. know. I don't <laughs> know. Like it's it, it's it's again it's like there's there's so much in this there's so many like layers to this that there's the actual event there's how it was covered and then there's the people talking about it and the people talking about it is the thing that surprised me most. Um Vince yes. Russo Vince Russo and Jim Cornette I'm like Wow, you guys still like well less so Vince Russo, but Jim Cornette's like he still believes wrestling is real, even though he yeah. knows it's not. And you're like, bro, 
it's not real. Like, stop. People might not be aware of this, but that video of the fat kid in the crowd crying, saying it's still real to me, damn it, that's actually Jim Cornette. <laughs> but true. it makes sense. It's, it's in the Bible. That's actually Jim Cornette. It's the same mentality. Like, when you're watching him and he's like, going off on these mad ones and you're like listen you it's not 1986 anymore it's not 1970 it you know the world's moved on you and you know one thing when he's walking through his museum there's just loads yes. of videotapes i'm like man you need to let this go at some point you know sell that to vince <laughs> and, yeah, buy yeah. Yourse- and buy yourself uh, a skybox or an internet connection <laughs> you know <laughs> It's just, I couldn't believe it. I was it's, like, it's it's so crazy. It's so crazy, you know. Um, but yeah, guy, to circle back, guy. like we were saying, because I know we're sorry, fans. I know we're going wildly out of order, but that's kind of the best way I think to treat this because mm. yeah, there's intertwining things that go between all of them. But yeah, the, the yeah, Bruiser Brody is one that we had just t- we touched on very briefly, saying we didn't know that much about. Yeah, and that is one where. There have long been books written about it, uh, tons of articles out there, Mm. and I just never read them. I just never looked into them. Um, It's kind of this dark story where, see, Vice made it really clear who killed Bruiser Brody. Yeah, or a- allegedly, or whatever. They also kind of that's did. not the impression that I've gotten over the years. I've always yeah. been under the impression that it's kind of a mystery who actually did it. So I don't know if Vice there, was again. Vice are Vice are pushing a narrative through all this. Yes, you know and that's and, something you have to keep in mind because that, that was one of the other things I was wondering: is are they going to get into all the different? for lack of a better term, uh, conspiracy theories that exist about wrestling when it comes to things like the Montreal Screwjob, which they lightly touched on, but yes. Bruiser Brody, um, Chris Benoit, certainly. I mean, they they hinted. They did a little hint well, by see, mentioning Kevin Sullivan. But I was, they did, so I wasn't that, sure how they would take it. That's what the presentation would be. That's what surprised me, the Kevin Sullivan stuff. I was like, well, are they going there? Because if they go, that, that, would, that would be... That would be huge. But, like, we already know that the next two episodes are going to be the Road Warriors and Owen Hart. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that Owen Hart episode. Yeah, so it, uh, the second season, I would say, for anyone who wants to get in, it is heavy. It's very, very heavy. Um, but, right. you know... Actually, I, the next episode they're doing is the... Because uh, they have four more left. They do. They have uh, yeah, Dave, David Slutz and Herod Adams on the slap the, her around the world, which yeah. is next week. And then yeah. the, the the Herb Abrams story, I don't actually know at all. So that'll be interesting. But David Schultz, of course, that's he slapped Geraldo Rivero and like messed his ear up. Yep. And that was the whole his wrestling real thing. But yep. let's not get to what hasn't happened yet. Let's, <laughs> let's stay with what has. Uh, yeah. yeah, it started kind of light. Well, I mean, I don't know if you call it light. The, mat, you know, the match made in heaven, but you're like, season one was light, mm. and then man, they hit you hard with Bruiser Brody, and then yep. they hit you even harder with the Von Erics. I will say, is it? I don't know if it's just that I'm a wrestling fan, and I, you know, remember these certain things from my child. I, when I saw Macho Man, and they superhumanized him to the point of saying how paranoid he was, and that this was the first time he showed real emotion. Damn it, if I didn't get a little teary when Miss Elizabeth came back and saved him in the clip in a documentary. Yeah. I mean, it, I there's certain things 
like I think it was Cornette that said it, or no, it was Bruce Pritchard said, we got him. Well, they still got me. It's yeah. still a moment that every time I watch, I'm just like, oh, the, man, feels. See, when wrestling is real, or wrestling feels real, wrestling is good, it's great. Wrestling is bad, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's... Uh, I, I enjoyed that episode despite what I learned about, and I still, like, the Macho Man, I didn't really lose any respect for as such. Um, instead of being just surprised by that, um, heartbroken by the end of it with how she died, I was like, "Wow, that's I did not know that." Um, Ooh, again, like, I, I, well, yeah, and I wasn't expecting them to bring in Eric Bischoff to talk about talking yeah. to Lex, and yeah, oh. that whole thing just surprised me. Um, I felt really sorry for the Von Erichs the whole time. I was like, "You guys, man, a horror, like heartbreaking, like no attachment to them at all." Except for Lacey Von Eric, obviously. But um, yeah, man, like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, you guys got the worst hand ever. Like, you know, it was uh, one of the biggest, the biggest line for me was when he was saying, um, you know, I started off with four brothers and now I have none. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's, that's rough, you know, so rough. One that I heard about, um, and obviously I, I, I knew the background of, but wasn't overly familiar with the Fabulous Moolah episode. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, after watching the episode, WWE put her name back on that tournament. Did they? No, no, I'm saying they should. Oh, okay. I came, well, I came okay. out on Fabulous Moolah's side. Really? Okay. I I I'd just given into the Reddit, Twitter, wrestling media hype at the time of, oh, she's so bad, she's this terrible, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I guess was she bad to certain people? Did she? Absolutely. But it seems like the majority of women that worked with her didn't really have a bad thing to say because they wouldn't have even had jobs without her. I mean, it's people don't. Yes. Should Wendy Richter have gotten the title? Probably. But I don't Um, know. It just. uh. Yeah. You disagree. I can tell. I can tell you disagree. You're like, I hate Fabulous Moolah. No, I, 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 no, I don't. I don't hate her. I don't hate her. Um, I do think, no, cause she just did what Hulk Hogan did. Really? Yeah. She really did. Like, you know, from her, there, there's two ways to look at it. There's the trainer. Again, context is king, right? So there's the right. trainer, there's the wrestler, and then there's the legacy. She probably did nothing any different than most trainers would do. In fact, she said as much with the men to ran those territories didn't make it right but that's just what happened back then by the sounds of it right um i, f- I find that abhorrent though the the pimping out and stuff like that that's just awful but you know Certainly. i think a lot of that was um uh overblown as such yeah. in the media which which was you know there was only one girl who said that it was presented and she said no and the other one, one of your girls was like, yeah, I really don't like that she's been called a pimp because then it makes me sound like I was a prostitute. And you're like, oh, exactly. well, so of, that must have been overblown. So maybe she didn't do what she was been told. That's what I was trying to, to hit on Yeah. Um, with my discombobulated sentences I was stringing together was that, yeah, I didn't get the impression after watching the episode that she was, I thought she was like selling girls for like drugs and pimping them out so that she could get jobs and all that. That's not at all. I mean, what, there were 20 women that said Moolah did not do anything point blank. And then mm. you had, you know, uh, then there was 
what was her, the sensational Georgia Brown or something her name was, was the only person really that was in the documentary that said, no, she did do these horrible things, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know. I don't know how you balance it, but I don't think it is as detrimental as, I don't know. What, I, mean, what, I, I don't know. Vice obviously definitely had a bias here too. And maybe, maybe they get me. Maybe they're sucking me in and I'm falling for it. I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't be offering an opinion on something that I wasn't there for. So I don't, you know, I don't want to yeah. overstep that, but. Yeah, like I, I agree. It's, you know, one thing I would have to say, the, what her impact on wrestling is what she should be known for. And by underdoing the whole Wendy Ricker thing, that's what she really should be lionized for because she did destroy it. But then WWE can't have their cake and eat it too when they have, they're castigating her for that and they yeah. prop up Hulk Hogan. Right. So it's like, you know, it's a hard call, but I would agree. I think a review of her legacy should be done. But if you're going to hold her to a certain standard, hold Hogan to the same standard because he did the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also there's an ingrained part of me that my childhood was seeing her and Mae Young take bumps when they were in their 70s. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, but those are really fond memories that I have. So to kind of take that away and to take away the kind of stuff that she did for wrestling. Now, this isn't in the same light. So this might sound like a weird jump that I'm about to make. But that was actually my biggest takeaway from the Chris Benoit series was how much. I don't know. What should I call her? Nancy Sullivan? Nancy Benoit? I don't know. I feel like Chris Jericho right now. Yeah. Um, Nancy this Benoit, 100% woman. Um should be in the WWE Hall of Fame and she never will. No. And I never thought about her mm. in that way up until watching that episode. And I thought Vice did a great job of focusing on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh crap. Yeah, you're right. She was actually a pioneer that we can't even discuss. She I, well, it, it makes her a person. Yes. Which she wasn't for a while. You know, and obviously because it's, you know, what happened kind of overshadowed everything in in wrestling and in the actual business itself and in the wider world. Like you say, you say Chris Benoit to somebody and nobody thinks, oh, um, that great, that great wrestler. No, you think murderer. And then when you think Nancy Benoit, you don't think pioneer, you think more victim. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I did feel sorry for was, uh, well, everybody. Chris Jericho yeah, I mean, was yeah. in bits. Chris Jericho was in bits. Uh, David and credit ben to Jericho. Oh, yeah. For, for holding it together, like it was, it was really good, you know? I mean, I love the part, like you, you were just going to touch on the sun, I think is where you were going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that he was able to get uh, Chris Benoit's surviving son along with um, Nancy's sister together. Um, and I, I, that was a side story I had no idea about, that they hadn't spoken to each other in 13 years because each person's family told them yeah. that they didn't want to be involved. In each, and for Jericho, there was a, there was a great moment if great's the word to use, but there was a great moment where the documentary 
you realized, oh, I'm watching a documentary because the sun starts to cry and the ca- like the cameramen even like come forward and they, they, the camera itself pulls back and you realize, oh, they've been filming this whole documentary in the same house, just in different chairs and different rooms. Everybody's actually all here. All here. Talking about this. Yeah. And uh, sorry. And so Jericho, you know, to come in and give him a hug and uh, to but then they brought sister and they just had this moment that. Oh, hit me, hit me, hit me hard that moment. Yeah, it was it was very difficult. Like it was. Uh, I don't think as as a wrestling fan, we've really, we've really been able to come to terms with what actually happened, and this is the first time that it's actually been done. You know, it's definitely. I mean, aside from the ICP song, this is the first time it's. I, I mean, like, I mean, like, really, really, kind of, no, they yeah. they went from all sides. But you can say that for everything, like, you know. And I will say, it's worth a watch, but it's not an easy it, oh, watch. Yeah. But don't, not, maybe don't start with it. No, I that, actually that watched. I I, 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 I actually ended up watching those two last. Now that I remember, I skipped them mm. when I started season two because I knew it would be hard to get into. Um, and th- there was one moment. Um, where the son said that only Chris Jericho and Chavo even paid attention to me or called me. Like that's how ingrained into the WWE mindset everybody was. They wouldn't even reach out to this kid that had been around them. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's like Nick and Brooke of the Hogan's where they, they were surrounded by the WWE family. Um, and to just, oh, well, we can't talk about your dad, so screw you. Kind of remembered, for uh, if you live in the U.S., you, you know about Pete Rose, obviously. His son, phenomenal baseball player. Hmm. Nobody would draft him. Nobody would sign to his team because of... Pete Rose? Yeah, because yeah. of the stuff that his dad did. And I, that's kind of the feeling I got for Ben Watson. And I felt that. And you can't... I mean, you you look at his son, and it's Ben Watson's son. He doesn't even yeah. need to tell you his name. No, you can see. He, yeah. he, he looks exactly like him. Like... Like, exactly like him, man. It, it, yeah. It's it's hard, you know, because it's like, should the sins of the father be carried out in the son? No, that's not fair. But in wrestling, the only thing you could do is put him under a mask, but then you're going to have douchers in the crowd saying God knows what. It, there's, yeah, there's no... There's no way out. Like, there's no, there's no way. There's no way to do it. Like, you... Well, actually, of- actually, you could do it now because there's no crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Literally, this is actually the only time. This would, the, would, yeah, you, you could actually do it now, but um, it's in poor taste. It's still, it's like own heart. If own heart kids wanted to wrestle, it's yeah, it's it's unfair and it's not it's not a good precedent to set. But it is what it is. It's it, it's the inescapable legacy. Sure, look, all right, he went to WWE. What would Vince do? Vince being Vince would turn it into an to angle. an angle, and that's the problem. That's, like that's sure, the problem. you know, like Eddie Guerrero's death was turned into an angle. Um, I'm ama- I'm amazed on Hearts' death wasn't put into an angle. You know, we've seen I think this- it was. Only, I think the lawsuit's the only thing that kept it from being turned into an angle. Quite frankly, that's fair enough. And it's just I, 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 don't I even get a little upset at Rey Mysterio. Well, not anymore. But when it first happened, when he started doing the frog splash and stuff, and yeah, that was assigned to Eddie. It was, was almost very, too. Yeah. And that, obviously, that's complete love and respect and all that. But still, that was tough to watch. And also, 
seeing this reminded me of why we don't get these tribute shows anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because I I remember that. I remember that happening. Uh, I was sitting in my room, this one. Uh, I was, you know, playing, I think it was PlayStation at that point. And Mm -hmm. I heard about it on on Restview. And uh, yeah, I was watching Raw and not Raw, just this tribute show to Chris Benoit. And I was just like, oh, wow. This is I've never seen this before, you know. Obviously, there was Eddie Guerrero stuff, but right, I was never. I'm saying we used to get on with like Eddie Guerrero, and we're never going to get that. I mean, Roman. Well, I guess Roman Reigns got flex. Uh, I I mean, something could happen to Seth Rollins tomorrow, and they're not going to do a three hour show. No, I mean it's uh, the most you'll get will be a tribute like Howard Finkel uh, last week on Raw, and that's about it. Like, but you won't get these big shows, and I think it's. Because it's, well, I don't think I, I guarantee it's because of this. They never Absolutely. want to be. But then again, if they had it just waited, they wouldn't have been caught with their pants down, you know. But that's what's so bizarre for me is just I don't know, I don't know. It's such a hard topic to discuss. But you're right; they didn't have all the information. But at the same time, I mean, as, as soon as you heard it, but. I'm putting myself back into my shoes. When I found out, we didn't have all the information. We never suspected it. If you look at it from the outside, your first instinct, especially in today's world where we have the ID channel and everybody's into murders and all that nonsense, like that's entertainment is, you know, all that. You would immediately jump to, oh, you know, double murder, suicide. But for some reason, we, we were all in such disbelief, I guess, that we didn't accept it that we went along with the tribute show I, I don't know it was because i remember well i can t- as i said i rem- you know you know you remember where you were at 9-11 you know you remember well you, you i and i remember where it was when chris when i found out chris Moa died it was i'm not i'm not saying they're they're comparable because they're not but for uh what i was 14 then I think 14, 13, yeah, I think 14, 15, 15 in around then. 2000, 2004, right? 2005. Yeah, so I was like, I, I was I was in, you know, uh, middle, what you call middle school when 9-11 happened, um, seventh grade. And I was, you know, a couple of years, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of years after that. So I still remember. And as a kid, just being like, oh my God, this is, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe this. So, yeah, it was one of those things where you were grief-stricken because, you know, someone, a wrestler who you watched and admired did it, uh, was dead. But then when you found out, just the absolute shock and horror. And that's one thing that that really came across in the episode, the absolute abject horror of everybody. But then again, you're watching it and you're like, yeah, this guy was so intense. And then you watch his matches, you're like he's a killer like you know and it was yeah. kind of like what happened and then they go into the whole brain stuff and yes i love you know. that they brought in chris dawinsky i love yeah. the, the i want to correct myself um 2007 not 2004 um yeah. but yeah it what oh, man it's it's so tough because i think chris jericho talked about it and i agree with him 100 percent that one of the greatest moments in i think it was him it doesn't matter. One of the greatest moments in wrestling history, and, and you could argue in television history, was WrestleMania 20's ending. That yeah. was iconic. That, as a as a fan, um, as a kid, I mean, that hooked me. I was I was probably 
crying. I cry. I cried over an episode of Smallville, so I'm not afraid to say that I've cried because of wrestling. But to see Eddie and Benoit embrace as champions in that ring in Madison Square Garden, mm. which back then still meant something to wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it just. Oh my gosh! Seeing that confetti stream down, I just I re- it, I remember where I was when I watched that match. That's right. how iconic it was to me. That was 2004, wasn't it? That's why I was thinking 2004 in my head. You see, yeah. the weird thing well, it might about have been 2005. Here's the weird thing about that, right? Com- uh, separately from probably every other wrestling fan who does the podcast or even you know who's super into wrestling. I don't have that attachment to Eddie Guerrero. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Oh, this is going to be interesting. I wasn't watching wrestling then. This was during my break. I stopped watching wrestling at the very beginning of 2003 and came back for ECW 2005 and fully came back 2006. Okay. So, so this whole period for me, like including the SmackDown 6, SmackDown 7, all that stuff... Just it has absolutely no doesn't have that impact because I wasn't watching. I've gone back and watched mm. it since. I respect Edgar for what he did in that, but that whole time period, it's just not there for me. And that's it's weird, right? So I don't yeah. have it. I just don't have it. Huh. I mean, everybody has their time periods. For me, it was twenty. I would say. 2014 to like 2017 2018 i kind of took a break from wrestling yeah. so i totally get what you mean yeah. but for me actually uh, my one of my best friends actually the person who introduced me to wrestleview as a site itself which but mm. led, led to us sitting here having this conversation yeah uh, got me back into wrestling um when i was in middle school and then this uh that 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 wrestlemania was the first one that he and I watched together, WrestleMania 20. So for me, it has so many fond memories because it was when I was just getting my zeal back. I mean, the last time I'd watched wrestling really was I, um, as a kid, like in the early 90s, because my parents were kind of like, we don't know how we feel about this Attitude Era stuff. So unless I was at my grandparents, where my grandfather, um, bless him, would like order WCW pay-per-views for me to watch. <laughs> um I, I you're right there's just there's certain time periods that you don't necessarily connect with now I and this is going to probably sound awful to people but I was just never a fan of Eddie Guerrero in general same he, he just I never connected to him same and I never connected to him yeah like I still knew about the connections so that right that that's what, what did in. it that's what got me I, yeah. I don't know if I'll have another chance to match so I want to tag on to the whole thinking about Chris Benoit you immediately go you know murder um, but for me, it is that stands out. And I will openly admit to anybody that one of my, no, my favorite live match I've ever seen was at a house show. Um, it was when Chris Benoit was champion and he had a match against Kane. And for whatever reason, they had a five-star match in front of a very small crowd that night. See, that's the thing. Like Benoit did connect with me. He wasn't my favorite wrestler by any stretch of imagination, but I loved the stuff in WCW. I loved this feud with Chris Jericho because Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So obviously, you know, yes, obviously. Um, but with Eddie Guerrero, it just wasn't there. Like, yeah, he did the Mamacita thing with Lee, with uh, China, and then that was it. And yeah. I had taken a break then, and I was like. He came back and I'm like, oh, and then I remember hearing he died, and I was like, oh, that's sad. And then 
I'd come back to watch wrestling and um yeah. and then yeah, it just it I just hit the shock of that one so, too, because yeah. that, that was that was another one where you felt bad because this was a guy who it, it was a great example of you can do whatever you want in your life to clean yourself up. But if you spend years and years and years abusing drugs and steroids, it's the tolls are even taken on your body and you can drop. What shocked, what shocked me about it was the fact that it wasn't the first time he'd overdosed. The fact that I'd been two or three times. Well, well, and, and, and let's that, point out this wasn't a relapse or an overdose. No, this was, this, this but, was just this was just heart giving out. But he had actually yeah. he had actually really he had actually overdosed and relapsed, and this comes right. from Vicky Guerrero. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god! Like he nearly died two or three times beforehand, and yeah, he and was she just still, left. And him she just the... left him. Oh my gosh! I, wow. I, for for me, for me, Dave, that was the biggest revelation of the whole series. I was like, you just left him to die. That was sh- that was unbelievable. That I, that's almost. I mean, in the U.S., if, I mean, you'd never try somebody for something like that. I don't. I don't think based on what they say in a documentary. But I think it could always be considered criminal negligence. Well, look, I I, I can understand why she did it because it oh, happened yeah. so many times I'm not, before. Don't get me. I'm with and, you. Don't get me wrong, and, but I just want to. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. I don't necessarily blame her. Like she's not a villain in any stretch of imagination. It was just a wife being so, so just beat down and from it but uh, for me that was the thing that shocked me most of the whole whole series i i actually my melt was on the floor when she said that um I, and she was so honest well that's that's one thing so many of these interviews were so honest about it um that certainly shocked me i was surprised i didn't know that he had had instances of collapsing or like nodding out leading yeah. up to his death yeah it's like to be like, fair why wasn't he given the care of that like that that shocked me well see a different time that's yeah. the thing different time like if that happened now obviously he'd be you know we saw what right. happened with Roman Reigns but we've seen what happened with Roman Reigns where he's blacklisted so how yeah. much has changed right like really this is this is what I want what I want to bring back to you were saying you know near the end of the show whose story do you think we'll have in the future well Roman Reigns is going to be one because we're probably never going to see Roman Reigns in the ring again that, uh, yeah and, and they can bring in so much stuff when you consider like not like get it, flying his family in for that WrestleMania. He was supposed to beat Brock Lesnar, and then he doesn't beat him. Um, and like there was like thirty members of his family there or something. It, it was. I uh, I think you'd get. Well, I want I want to add in one more thing before we jump to that, which is that. And yes, guys, there's episodes that we couldn't get to and we had to skip over. I mean, we yeah. could spend literally we could spend a show talking about each, each one, one of these episodes. That's how yeah. good it was. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I loved is we were talking about how you have to put yourself in the time period. Context isn't important. Well, also, I love listening to the Carney talk. Yeah. And the fact that this is how they just talk in real life. Real life, yeah. You, when they, they mentioned things, uh, Linda, obviously, it came across really strong because you were like, wow, they really didn't smarten you up. And then yeah. in my head, I'm like, who am I to say smarten you up? I'm not a wrestler. I don't have great <laughs> idea. But yeah, they would talk about, uh, with, but they didn't, explain to the audience what these terms meant no they just presented them like for instance during the macho man randy savage and jake the snake bit um they were asking like is the snake fixed Mm. well i guess if you're just watching a documentary clearly this is for a wrestling audience but if you're just watching a documentary as a person you might think oh i guess that means neutered the venom been yeah has been neutered or the venom's been taken out but 
in wrestling, you know, we all know what the word fixed means. It means something's gimmicked. It, yeah. I'm using another wrestling term. It, it means that something is it's not real in a way where it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not real, real. essentially. Yeah. So I, but I do, I love that. I loved all the carny talk that was through it because that to me was what really hooked me in and said, wow, these people live this life. They yeah. live the carnival world. I mean, maybe, See, it's, um, maybe it's the juggler in me that super appreciates it. But, but that's, that's wow. wrestling. Wrestling yeah. is, like, I don't know, time I watch wrestling, my daddy's like, they really are just a bunch of carnies, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they, literally, like, literally, it's it's what it is, you know? It, they, you can take the person out of the, out of the carnival, but you can't take the carnival out of the person. And that's just wrestling. That's what it is. You know, and yet Kizarni didn't work as a character, which I only found about recently too. Can't believe oh, that. Was, that. Oh, I didn't know God. that was a thing. No, I, I didn't know. Him. I only found it out like two Kizarni. weeks ago, like three days ago. I was like, "Oh my God, we need to talk about this at some point." Yeah, um, that's the topic, Kizarni. Um, well, um, I think you could do a whole thing on um, talk about future. I think you could do a whole thing on CM Punk. Yeah, um, and and not just. The whole leaving and coming back, but that's certainly the lawsuit. And then yeah. you can get into the Colt Cabana nonsense yeah. of, oh yeah, you're you're an indie wrestler, but I'm I'm worth twenty million, but I'm not going to pay for your legal fees, even though you're only in this mess because See, I, I said something. I was I, like, what? I think CM Punk would be a two parter. Yeah, there's so much there. Yeah, and I don't think he would have any qualms about going on and talking. No. But that's that's what's. That's what I was watching this and I was trying to figure out is, will we, do we have as much of these stories nowadays? Because yeah, well, wrestling's not well, here's, real. Well, here's the thing. It's not, it wasn't real then, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's real to them, damn it. And, and the one that really stands out to me is TNA. The rise oh of, my God. The, the, rise of, the rise and fall and continuing lingerance of TNA. You I mean, know? You could, Jeff Hardy would have an episode. Jeff no Hardy would have an episode. Yeah, and it would be a lot better than what they're showing us on SmackDown every week in pieces, which I'm getting very sick of. That's very frustrating. Um, you'd have one on Triple H probably as well. The backstage stuff of Triple H. Well, that's... Yeah, you could get into the... Oh my gosh, yeah. The Stephanie McMahon and Triple the, H yep. and pushing people, not pushing people, kind of... Oh, like there's a whole there's a whole but these series. aren't dark enough is it, these aren't dark no well they're not they're, they're dark well that's, that's comparatively you know I mean. well i think the i think the the cm punk one is quite dark that, you know that is, yeah. like th- that's pretty horrible like you know working a man basically allegedly nearly to, to death um Ro- roman reigns one is one and i, I guarantee you there'd be one on COVID 19 as well on um wrestlemania this year if it was what? You know, that was a theme that stuck out to me was how many of these episodes had things in there where somebody, and by the way, getting Bruce, Bruce, uh, excuse me, getting Bruce Pritchard to be an interviewee is one of the biggest snags they could have gotten for this series that, oh, talk about a guy who has knowledge about all these things, but there'd be almost every other episode they would talk about this is a moment that almost destroyed the wrestling industry. Yeah. Like the Montreal screw job, the things that Bret Hart did almost just like that destroyed the kind of, Oh, we're little kids and wrestling's definitely real mentality. Yeah. Chris Benoit. I mean, that almost shut the industry down. Yeah. Like uh, the Montreal screw, screw job changed wrestling from what it was into what it became. Yes. Fundamentally. And, but, yeah. but everyone still made money. 
Everyone oh, still walked so out. Much money. Everyone still made money. Everyone still made money from the match made in heaven. Everyone still yeah. made money from the fabulous Moolah. Everyone still made money even from the brawl for all. Yeah. With, with Chris Benoit stuff, that nearly killed wrestling completely. Like, Very true. Absolutely. I mean, we, wouldn't had, we wouldn't have had Stone Cold Steve Austin if there was no Montreal Screwjob. Yep. Exactly. Like, it's, it's cra- it sounds crazy, but it's true. Because you never true. would have had the Mr. McMahon character. He would have stayed behind the commentary booth. It just... Uh, I hope they do like a David Arquette episode or something in the future I'd love. Actually, especially nowadays with him coming back. It's funny you mentioned of. it. So to break the fourth wall, well, obviously not. We're streaming on Twitch and YouTube. But if you're listening to this uh, on the podcast, we're recording this on the 27th of April. Guess what happened 20 years ago today? Oh, was this the night he got This was the night? Yeah. No, this was the night he won the belt. This was David wow. Arquette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't plan Ray that, guys. Vince we... Russo, that is phenomenal. <laughs> this, this is a date that will live in infamy. <laughs> and it has. And it has. Um, yeah, I had to say, man, I didn't hate that as much as people... No. you know people go on but you know the brawl for all episode if there's one you want to watch and not feel bad about brawl for all is the, is the guilt yeah, yeah. is the guilt free one because that's just a great yes. L time especially uh, if you're like me and you hate JBL anyway yeah, yeah you'll like, love it yeah no, I, I feel <laughs> I to, find, to find out the entire tournament was basically because Vince Russo's like this guy's a jack and I'm we're gonna get him beat up yeah and I to, can't do it obviously <laughs> <laughs> gotta get someone who can uh to be fair i i didn't you know it makes sense because the brawl i remember watching a brawl for all and being like this is weird this makes no sense why are they doing this and i was like oh it was just to get jbl well he deserves it so well and look at what he did at one night stand years later yeah it was just like let's have another brawl for all and put him back in there (laughs) who was who was wrong here you know it's now to be fair now i do feel sorry for all the lads that got screwed bark on you know his whole career just ending in an instant because you know bad booking but you know it was what it was guys you know the brawl for all that's the best episode in this if you don't want to feel sad about everything but it's kind of hilarious at the same time so but i would what so you think that was your favorite episode if you don't want to feel bad what do you, what i know my favorite episode forgetting about not feeling bad about people um since this is dark side of the ring and we're embracing that and it's weird because it was the first episode but i honestly think the match made in heaven the story of randy savage yeah and Miss Elizabeth, i agree for as heartbreaking as it is for as humanizing as it also was at the same time i thought wow that was amazing and it what made me watch another 12 hours of vice so well well done you don't usually get me in for that long that it made me like i agree that was my favorite episode as well um i had the perfect mix of everything um what i will say is uh it's a great place to start i'd recommend it vice did a great job vice always do a great job with the document anytime i I will watch a vice documentary on anything even when okay. I know they're biased. Um, again, like Cyber War is fantastic. If you guys haven't seen it, Cyber War is fantastic. Um, and that gets um, into the- they did. A, they did I, I always recommend Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. It's a great series. Um, oh, they did yeah, that's one, really good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good as well. I've seen that. They did a great one where they go into uh, some African country and they end up buying a nuclear warhead. Well, they really? actually buy it. Right. But they get to it sitting in the seat in the van <sighs> next to them. Because the point of the documentary is to show just how easy it is for 
um, extremist groups or terrorists to acquire dirty bombs. Wow. And they, they themselves were able to acquire one. Oh, like um, we, we, so, actually, yeah. we actually get vice in Ireland. Yeah, I get so, I have, it's a TV channel. So it's a TV channel. Myself, right? so, and yeah. it, it's, it's, it's handy. Like, and also at nighttime, the show boatloads of anime so it's like yeah, cool yeah. i can watch tokyo ghoul this is awesome um yeah man but like look if you're a wrestling fan watch this if you're not a wrestling oh. fan why are you listening to this podcast yeah why are you exactly much uh, like the documentary this show's not made for you it's not made for you but i would say you know anyone could sit down and watch this because it does kind of have like some more than others but like you know the match made in heaven the Mont- uh sorry the last of the von eric's fabulous moolah the benoit ones uh, uh they're just ones that you can just watch yeah, and just just watch as 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 anything, you know. Um, There's ones that are going to hit you. There's ones that you're not going to expect to hit you, like the Jimmy Snooker one. Whew. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that's going to get you. That, that deserves, man, we, I just need to mention it. Just that man it was, is oh, guilty as sin, yeah. and you're just like, wow, you know. I was I was kind of heartbroken watching it because I'm just like, he's so guilty, but he got away with it. But he also didn't get away oh, with it. Yeah. And there's people I mean, who are just there. You're like. The real world is crazier than wrestling. That's the truth of it. Oh, and this just proves it. One hundred percent. I mean, J- Jimmy Snuka made Carol Baskin look innocent. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> that's. The, I hope that. I hope that ages well. Somebody like what? Is, listen, it's a time of quarantine, and one of the other cool things um, I would also say is. Um, Maybe your wife or your girlfriend is somebody who's into those, you know, murder shows. Where oh, they love it. And, they and love it. Mystery yeah. and stuff like that. This is a great thing to binge watch together during quarantine. For sure. I totally sure. recommend it. Yeah, like if you're if you're stuck if you're if you finish the Tiger King and you want to watch more yeah. kind of murder stuff, you know, watch this. It's great. It has kind of everything. It's not just it's not just a wrestling product, which is no, which is nice. You know, it's it has that crossover appeal, but um. Dave, I want to talk about something else, but we have reached our limit. So everyone yes. for listening on Phoenix 92.5 FM, thank you so much. Uh, we can continue, Dave, if you want to. If you don't, we can we can wrap up here. Yeah, we can go into overtime. Great to those on the radio. Thanks for listening. Okay, guys, we'll be back after this break. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on NerdToKnowMedia.com or Phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. NerdToKnowMedia everywhere. NerdToKnowMedia on Twitter. NerdToKnowMedia Instagram. NerdToKnowMedia on Twitch. NerdToKnowMedia at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Alright, if you're listening to the stream, hey, we're still here. Broke the far wall, right? No. Far wall, it's gone. Uh, yeah, so even thanks for listening to us here on uh, on the Overdrive, the Overrun. We haven't done an overdrive, Overrun yet, Dave. This is I, first. I mean, there's just, this has so much material in it. I, I, I was, I was, I mean, I know my thoughts are probably coming across, like I said, discombobulated at times because I, I was trying to connect things everywhere because this was so, okay, there were really, I didn't want to attack Vice 
too much because I think we did enough job of getting how we felt about them. Yeah. Um, and we, I certainly praised them for things, but there were things in this documentaries that were complete crap. That yeah, I did not appreciate. Yeah, there, there, there was um, there was there was a lot of a lot of filler and a lot of garbage, but yeah, it, shadowy it, like stuff they did where they had like stand-ins <laughs> for people. I was like, why? I, Put I, a picture on the screen. I I kind of enjoyed some of it. Some of it was actually yeah, some of them looked pretty good. Yeah, the Chris Benoit guy looked was like Chris on. Benoit. But, yeah. some, but the Hulk Hogan guy was awful. Oh, <laughs> it was just God. awful. It was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Every time we flashed to him, I'm like, I can't take this seriously. <laughs> at all, no you know, at all. Um, I, I, the, the guys who did the brawl for all, no, you know the bit that was kind of funny, and I started laughing. Uh, the brawl for all when it's um Bark on and uh Harker Holly after he knocked them out, and they said, "Oh, we're in the hotel room," and it was kind of silent, and it cuts to them just standing there. It was so funny. <laughs> I was just like, "This really shouldn't be funny, but it really is." <laughs> I just was like, "Oh, poor editing." Poor editing. Oh, yeah, the, I mean, it was what it was. And I, I wish I kind of want to talk about the view, the ratings for this. Um, I think it's important. Yes. And, uh, I don't think this is a series that's going to go away. Um, no. Wrestling has a very, very dark history. They didn't even get into the steroid scandals yet, guys. They didn't even get into the steroid scandals of the 90s. Wait for them to do that season I, three or something. I think season three is that's what, that's what they're going to get into because there's so much wrestling to get through like controversies particularly before like as i said you know the crisp and wasp stuff changed wrestling nearly ended wrestling completely but it changed fundamentally all this kind of stuff you yeah. know this kind of stuff didn't happen really as much after crisp and wasp because it couldn't like it's completely unsustainable like every everybody was like look you got away with this like crisp and wasp is wrestling's 9-11 Literally, yeah. Yeah. As far as like it changed, it changed something so fundamentally that you can never go back to it. You know. Yeah, and there was one thing they took out of context, or at least I think they took out of context. Chris Jericho was saying, like, you can't do steroids, you can't take pills, like you had to get a prescription for aspirin. Jericho was talking about the post Benoit uh, wellness policy. But Vice presented it as if that was the pre-Benoit policy and then yeah. immediately contradicted everything Jericho was saying. Yeah. And that played weird to me, especially when Chris Jericho was narrating it. Yeah. So I, I don't know why they made that choice. I didn't I didn't appreciate it. I think I think it was an oversight. Okay. I think it was an oversight. I noticed that too, and I'm like, yeah, no, this wasn't the way it was at all. You know. Although look, either it was an oversight or else WWE were like, ooh, you're gonna have to put that in to use our footage. Okay. There could be something there. There's got to be something. And maybe... Mm. Like, it's I'm weird. I'm trying to think it's about weird. these. See, I'm trying to think about how they were able to get away with using some of this footage. And we have to remember that SmackDown at that time, well, like it is now, was on broadcast television. Yeah. It wasn't cable. cable television. So maybe enough time has passed for certain things. They don't become public domain, but maybe you're allowed to use... Like, isn't there... You know, it's like kind of the rules on... Uh, Fair use. You, the YouTube rules where yeah. you can, the fair use, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, maybe. I have like a background that, behind me, but I shouted out, hey, this image is from Vice. It also has Vice's logo on. I'm not taking credit for creating this art. Like, Yeah, look, if, if, if you're using something transformatively, and that's probably how they get away with it, but I don't know. Again, WWE could have just been saying, hey, look, take this, this, and this out, um, and then it's okay. We don't know. Yeah. And we'll never know um, because this yeah. is how this stuff works, you know? Um, what I, I do want to mention, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I do want to mention the, 
the the viewing and why I think there will be a season three. Oh yeah, the ratings um, are the the, first, ra- the ratings are before you get into it. The yeah. ratings for this are near are nearly better than Raw. <laughs> oh my god, Raw can't be that bad, is it? Oh, it's getting there. Well, they're definitely better than TNA anyway. <laughs> <You're laughs> that's right that's the, the, the TNA would be really jealous of these ratings. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. The first episode uh, had 150,000 viewers, and then that grew throughout the season up to 200,000. Um, the latest episode that aired, which was the Dino Bravo one last week, had uh, 220, uh, 100, 220, 100. Yeah, that's smart, David. You're. I'm a history major, sue me. Add 200,000 viewers, the highest rated episodes, no shocker, an extra 100,000 people watched the Chris Benoit episodes. Um, But yeah, it seems to have great traction. Uh, They have no problem getting really great people to talk. See, that's what made this different than other documentaries, is this wasn't produced by WWE, so I wasn't getting force-fed uh, Vince's idea, but at the same time, yes, there was nonsense in it, and I, we can talk about that. But I just loved getting the firsthand perspective, like getting the firsthand perspective of Miss Elizabeth from Linda McMahon, McMahon. Yeah. from <laughs> Linda Hogue, from Polia, yeah. from that person was really, really insightful. For as much as I don't like her, yeah, like I, I really liked um, the comment, the voiceover. I thought Dirty, like Dirty Dutch Mantel, was a great. Was was a great call for the older stuff because you know he was probably involved in a lot of it. Um, and Dutch is awesome anyway, so you can't worked. understate his importance to the wrestling industry. I mean, a lot no, of people will so just important. remember him as that racist guy who came out Zeb Calder, a little scooter with yeah. Jack Swagger. But no, I mean, he's brilliant. He really is. Like you know, on the Mount Rushmore of like. Mid tier on a, on a mid tier Mount Rushmore of wrestling, he's like oh, he's there. Mount Rushmore, mid tier Mount wrestling Rushmore promote, of, exactly. of wrestling minds. Exactly, he's there. He, him, <laughs> him, Vince Russo, uh, Jim Cornette. How Dar- dare you? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> there. How dare you he's not put there. him on, on he, the on the on the top tier? The reason why he's I, not the, the reason why he's not on the top tier is because the vandal the vandals would have would have their way with it. So <laughs> they, they <would. laughs> but I'm just imagining because um, if you. If you if you know what the America one looks like, yeah. I think the first and the fourth ones kind of are facing each other because of the way the mountains built. So yeah. You'd have to put Cornette and Russo looking at each other. No, if I was built, I'd put them right beside each other just to piss off Jim Cornette. In perpetuity. I don't know which would be worse. <laughs> so that they have to stare at each other for eternity or so that they have to touch for eternity. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> oh my God. But, you know, it, it's one of the, like, I want to talk a bit more of the Brawl for All because that's, that's one that yeah, okay. like I really enjoyed, you know, as far as like uh, all the way through because it took me right back to the Archie era, took me right back to being a kid when, even though what watching wrestling since the early 90s, um, but you only really kind of fall into it when you're like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, when it becomes more than just something that's on in the background and you're kind of cognizant of it. So it took me right back to the Attitude Era or just before the Attitude Era when I'm like, oh, cool, I know all these guys. And, you know, but to really kind of have a, a focused look on it where it's like, oh, this kind of ran the same way as it does now, but it's completely different was a very, very interesting way of looking at it. Because obviously, you wouldn't have this kind of look. It's for example, the best way I can put it, when you watch movies based in the twenties or the thirties mm. about old Hollywood and stuff that went on there, you know, with the fixers and that. Um, 
great movie called uh, Hail Caesar, which is all about it. Um, and it's when you're watching it, you're like, oh, similar stuff kind of happens now, but you seem to have this kind of rose-tinted view of things where you're like, oh, that didn't happen in, in the past. No way similar things happen. And then you're like, wait, no, people are still people. They just, technology just changes. Yeah. Um, and that's that That was my big takeaway from that. It was, it was one of the times where I could remember seeing it happening. Now watching it as an adult with perspective, I have the set, a different take on it completely. And it also gave me that sense of, well, these were just humans doing stuff, you know, and running wrestling. And wrestling's always run the same way. And the fact that... <laughs> so that was the context that we got. And then the story behind it, where it was just Finn's Russo just being, you know, going out for JBL. Man. I didn't know that. that I was, can't that, believe that. that. Was, no. You know, but I, I, I enjoyed the way it was shot. I enjoyed the interviews. It was cool the interplay with Jim Cornette and Finn's Russo. And uh, the perspective from even, like, Godfather. I didn't realize Godfather was such a badass. Also, it makes a lot more sense, a lot of stuff that they did, how much drugs they were doing. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's something I touched on briefly, but can we, oh my God, the amount of cocaine that these people were doing. So much drugs. Like, so much so drugs. Much like drugs. Tech, everybody just <laughs> So much they, drugs. They were literally like, I was getting high. Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, I almost yeah. killed this guy, but I was getting high. And he's just like, I was so high the whole time. I was just like, oh my God, wow. Like, it's, it's a different world. It's a yeah. different world. Like, there's no way that could happen now. Like, it's not no. possible for it to go out and be coked out of your head and then go in and wrestle a match. It's just, well, I suppose it could happen in an indie fed somewhere, but it's not going to happen right. in WWE. It's not going to happen on a main television show, you know? No. Or one but would I mean, hope. Also, I mean, also, this this is a time when Mike Tyson was doing coke before his boxing matches. I mean, yeah. this wasn't just wrestling. This was, no. There's certainly something going around. Um, I want to, something about Brawl for All well, that also stuck out is... Cause I was, I read a little bit about it afterwards because it's such a vague memory. Like I said, I initially thought this was like a name of a pay-per-view and that it all took place one night. Um, I'm reading about the fact that, cause we know Dan Severin, first of all, probably could have won the whole tournament outright. Had he, he was stayed in it. He was supposed to. Yeah. Like yeah. he, he would have quite yeah. frankly. Um, and he pulled out his reasoning being, I don't have anything to prove. This is, this is a joke to me because we're talking about a legitimate, UFC fighter. Um, Ken Shamrock was supposed uh, was asked to be in it as well. Well, see, I'm, I've, I've heard different things. Mm. Um, I've heard, see, okay. According to a radio interview, and I'm taking this from Wikipedia, so who knows, but um, according to a radio interview, Severn had said that at first the WWF was not even going to allow him or Ken Shamrock to compete at all. Um, and that they removed seven from the tournament after his first round victory. However, Dr. Death says that they decided that to withdraw because they didn't like the rules and having to wear boxing gloves. So there's a controversy in and of itself that they could have talked about in the documentary, mm. which is, did these guys pull out or did the WWF not want their wrestler wrestlers exposed i mean that, that there's a whole thing like there's so many theories that go that just multiply over top of these and i didn't even think there was one about brawl for all that well, you could get into well, with these things well it, the one thing that did always strike me watching it was the names on it were what's the nice way to put it um not top tier guys 
They were oh. they were guys who were either never going anywhere or not going anywhere fast. And what I mean by that is I'm like there were some names, some very famous names here. Your Steve Blackman's obviously Bradshaw who will become a world champion. Um Hardcore Holly and the Godfather. Like they're names that most wrestling fan or most people who watch wrestling would know, um, even tangentially. But it, you know, they didn't have, you know, the Undertaker in there, they didn't have Kane in there, they didn't have, you know, guys who were big draws, like Stone Coast Steve Austin wasn't there. Now. They were people who were there who could afford to be beaten and it not hurt them. One would think. Right. Um you know, and that was probably done deliberately. There was like a lot of um, a lot of debate whether or not this was fixed or not. Yeah, it was. I would believe that these these rounds are fixed. It had to be. Well, uh, here's here's sorry. the interesting thing: is that according to Bob Holly, Doctor Death was paid the hundred thousand dollar prize. They said that on the documentary. The second round. Yeah. yeah, they said that on the documentary. Yeah. So. so yeah, it's, I don't know if they were just overconfident or whatever, but it's also something that they could have talked about. And I know this was kind of like crap on Vince Russo. This is the one, even though I think he kind of came out looking all right at the end of it with the whole Jim Cornette being super crazy thing. Yeah. Is that people forget that, yes, okay, this was a terrible idea, obviously. And all of that stuff, maybe, maybe. I still enjoyed it. I, I was, I'm in that camp. But yes, at first it did not go well. Fans were booing it. They were chanting, you know, we want wrestling and all of this. But that's because fans assumed, oh, this is fake. They're not really punching each other, blah, blah, blah. But as the people started to realize, oh, this might be real. This We might actually be seeing them wrestle. Um, it is worth noting for whatever, whatever you want to take this for. The crowd reactions got better. And the ratings for the segments did go up as the tournament progressed. See, it was, I think from the way it was presented, there was no kind of like clear distinction, demarcation between, hey, this is not wrestling. This is a real fight. But right. wrestling hadn't like, well, this was 1998, 1998 into 1999. This was, this was your scramble era. This was, WWE, they were trying to stay in business. Yeah, so this and was... every 15 minutes mattered to so, them. Sorry, Yana, it was 1999. It was June 1998 yeah. to... Yeah, August 1998. Yeah, so it was way earlier than it was. But k had already been broken. We had the Montreal school job. So it would have been okay to come out and be like, hey, see all that? That's not real. This is real. You know, I have some kind of pride thing. But they didn't set it up that way. Initially, it wasn't supposed to be... It was supposed to be like an MMA kind of thing. But they didn't know what they were doing. And that's when all the injuries happened. Because MMA right. really messes you up. Um, uh, yeah, there's a reason that... You only fight once a year. And you train for months beforehand. Um, so yeah, and then... They're like, oh, we're just making a boxing thing. Which is less bad, but still very bad. You're, only, you're not supposed to box nearly as much as, as they did here. Because these were all... You know, in like what a month and a half, two months max. Right, yeah, because well, that was even one of the things Bart Gunn said. He was like, "Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll box against Butterbean, but can I have some time to train?" Like, but it's funny when they said it because I remember watching that and Bart Gunn coming. Out. I remember watching at WrestleMania. Like, I have a lot of fond memories at WrestleMania, and that's not a good WrestleMania. But I watched it a lot. Um, no, I did actually watch it when it happened. Um, 
I remember, WrestleMania was that? That was it, 15? It, it was WrestleMania 15, yeah. Yeah, 15. It was the one in Pit, in Philadelphia. Oh, yes. Um, but I remember seeing Bart Gunn. I'm like, who's... This is a Bart Gunn. Because it looked completely different to him. He looked like a different guy. Um, and it was, for all intents and purposes, because he, he had learned to box. He was presenting himself as a legit boxer. And Butterbrain was like, if he had just fought like he did in the Brawl for All, he would have won. Yeah. It's like there you go. Like, it, well, and that's one of the magical things about MMA um, is that you you take a guy like well, well I guess you could literally use Butterbean as an example. You can take a guy like Butterbean. You can put a you know you can put him in with a small guy, and uh, you have MMA rules and not boxing rules. And hey, I mean, jujitsu is going to win every single time. So yeah, you're right. If they if he had gone with that style or I don't know. Yeah, like, it's, but it was supposed to be a bar fight. But at the same time, you had the APA having bar fights. So, I, see again, if they had just presented it, in, it all comes down to booking and presentation. Yeah. I know you can't book a real fight, but they did try and they failed. But there was no follow through because he didn't really know what they had. Like, I think that if the brawl for all had to just end it as it was with Bark winning, and then his gimmick come back. And but thing, he did get the rub by fighting Butterbean, but then he lost because he fought Butterbean in a right. real fight, and they did not. And him. they did not with him. So it was like it was a whole. Uh, the sad part is it ended a bunch of careers. It right. it, like, it damaged all the guys involved, and it, it, nothing was achieved except for Bradshaw, who, you know, even still, even though he got beaten, it, it, it he still was a doucher. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make him a better person. It at didn't all. make him a better person. No, it was. If anything, he probably held a grudge for, <laughs> for for years that he took out on people. Eventually, I mean, oh. But what I say is, you know, it, it's it's one of the less horrible ones. It's one of it's one where you, you kind of enjoy it, and it's if for as as distant as it is, comparatively, it's it's relatively uh, it's relatively recent. You know, definitely like, relatively recent. Uh, uh, it, but can can yeah, I? Go I, uh, I just. Never mind. I was gonna say, continue. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few in this. Yeah, like the Ben the Benoit ones are the most recent ones, I think. And then you have the brawl for all, the Montreal screw job, and they're the most recent. So it, it's it is a series that jumps around a lot. We've jumped around a lot in this review, but you know, pick a point and watch. But as Dave said, the, probably the best way to watch it is episode by episode because it, it yeah. it's based out nicely. And they take you, they kind of emotionally, especially if you binge watch it, like I said, um, they'll take you on a roller coaster ride so that it's not just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Because hmm. you go Chris Benoit, but then you get New Jack, which is, okay, horrible, but hilarious. Yeah. Not for the people he wrestled, obviously. But um, outside of it, at a distance. Outside of it, yeah. It's hilarious. Distance. Yeah. And then from there, you go into New Jack, which is definitely much more lighthearted, but again, still has dark things in it. And then you go heavy. Then yeah. you go into two murders back to back. So you go into the Jimmy Snuka, which... Whew. Yeah. Well, here, Here's what... And this is what I'm saying that they, they hinted at some theories that we toss around as wrestling with jerks. I don't know. What the hell do we call ourselves, Derek? Just wrestling people. Wrestling media. Gonna, wrestling media. Let's use I that term. I'm not, I'm not even going to use that term. I'm not even going to. Wrestling fans that have a podcast. 
wrestling fans <laughs> that have a podcast. Okay. So there's lots of crazy theories that we like to throw around because of that. Yeah. And uh, one of them that Vice touched on with Jimmy Snook is there was a closed door meeting where Vince McMahon shows up with a briefcase. Which I've heard. I, what? I, I've heard that for years. Did you not know that? I, I, I've, I've heard about that, but it was like, Okay. Okay. And? That, that was common knowledge. That was yeah. That was just known. Apparently, Vince walked around with briefcases full of money. But they they never said it was full. See, they didn't say it was full of money in the document. Like, that's what it was like. Fair. They just they held back on things. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, they like um, with Bruiser Brody. Um, they made it super obvious that it was Jose. It was it's Invader number one um, <laughs> that killed him, and yeah. I was like, "But was it though?" Yeah, because they they did hint at it, and that that's what kept going to me. See, at it I, by saying them, like, "Oh, he said they got me." And I was like, "Okay, go with that." Who's but my my dad? Oh, but no, my dad has a rule with the with TV documentaries. He's like, "Okay," he has a saying. He's always like, "Yeah, they take you on a great story, but you're always kind of left not knowing anything more than you did really when you came into it." Like you watch a history documentary, for example, on oh, yeah, History yeah. Channel, and it's like you know something like great mysteries of the Egypt, the Egyptians, right? And they'll bring you on a great little story. And at the end, it's like, well, make up your own mind. And you're like, yeah, come on. Like, which is it? Like, <laughs> so that's kind of what happened here in some of these. They're like, make up your own mind. It could be this. So it, it, I that, feel like they didn't do that so much with Bruiser, with Bruiser Brody. Though. They were pretty, they def- yeah, they, they were, put their foot down that this is who it was. Yeah. And oh, oh, and now this guy's doing kids' birthday parties. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't realize, see. Hey, I didn't realize Carlos Colon was so connected to it. I didn't realize Dutch was connected to it. See, it's one of those things where I didn't know the people surrounding it. I just was aware of this wrestler that was, at the time, um, mysteriously killed in Puerto Rico was always whenever I'd stumble across it on, like, news sites. That's, mm. that's always how it was presented. Yeah. So. No, I like, it's, I think... That's one thing overall this series showed. This series showed how interconnected wrestling actually is. And how mob-connected wrestling is. Well, that that also wasn't surprising. You know, that wasn't surprising either. Um, well, everything in that era was mob Exactly, yeah. You, you, yeah you, so. you, you weren't running anything if it didn't go through the mob. No, because um, you got to pay for the building. Who do you think you're paying for the word building and the workers? You know, But it, that's one thing that even... Uh, I remember Adam... Adam Martin did a an interview with Dutch, and he was telling he had some crazy stories, all about working in South America and stuff like that. So, I I just assume like it just made sense, you know. And to, to give that kind of context, it's it's crazy to think that our little fun fake show that we watch every week has its origins in drugs, violence. <laughs> Coke and carnivals and <laughs> criminal and you're like and Craig, oh the criminal enterprise is huge man it's like you obviously you think boxing you're like yeah boxing makes but wrestling it's already fake it doesn't need to be it doesn't, it doesn't need, need to, to be do, more fake. Uh, yeah but that was the weird and i wonder if the i don't know i don't know how you cover it well actually maybe the next episode the david schultz episode might actually cover the whole real versus fake thing and the yeah. break breaking of that wall because that's really what did it much more than the screw job yeah and they they painted heart in some hellish light with that so i i don't know how i felt but um we are getting a cocaine episode right after that so yeah like i tell you what as if there hasn't been enough on this show i well, mean i think i think we'll, we'll continue to talk about it every week maybe we could kind of discuss 
that week's in a segment um, because it's such a good show. Um, it really is, and it's kind of it, it's neat to have it during a time when there's not a lot of news happening in wrestling. So you know, we, well, I think as the weeks go on, we'll kind of cover it to its completion, and then maybe do another yeah. overview. So we'll break this into like a a weekly kind of thing um, guys if you're listening and uh, you want to get involved you can email us nerdsnowmedia at gmail.com that's nerdsnowmedia at gmail.com it's also on Twitter um, I, I finally got around to fixing their Twitter Dave um, oh so, nice fantastic so, I can so, ask you about that so. yeah so we're back on Twitter I just kind of forgot Twitter was a thing because I'm so uh, enamored by in- Instagram <laughs> um, I, I I get you. It's, yeah, uh, politics ruined Twitter. Yeah, see, that's it. I was just uh, like a shocker to everybody listening. But yeah, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, it's like uh, exactly. I, I, I can't stand the outrage culture. Like it used to be awesome for promoting things and yeah, letting and, people and, know this is coming on now. Like, hey, you want to watch our show? We're like, we're going live now, and it's like, eh, but it's just going to get buried under posts of. Uh, I will say it is worth noting. That the leader of the free world tweeted a picture of Triple H on his motorcycle this week. Yeah. Actually, and I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to get political, but that was up that I, I smiled really big when I saw that picture. I, I will say there's a great uh, rundown from the Observer lads. A rant on wrestling and tw- like re- wrestling and politics. Watch mm-hmm. it um, on Nerdstone Media. We did a, we did a panel this time, well, summer last year, called "Literally Everything Is Wrestling," and when we yes. did it. And when we did it, we said, we're not going to talk about politics because it's too easy. Because politics is literally just wrestling for normies. <laughs> That's all it is. is. That's all it is. It's just like, you're, you're 100% right. And I'm sure this, this is a line you might have used, but it's a classic line. Um, I don't know where I heard it first, but it gets tossed around in the wrestling community that, you know, you have you have heels and you have baby faces and they're enemies and they go against each other. But at the end of the day, they're going out and they're drinking together and eating meals together. And you have Republicans and Democrats and they have these ideas and they're on opposite sides. But at the end of the day, they're going to the same. That was either Je- it, it was that was either Jesse Ventura or um, the guy who does the pod- Joe Rogan. It was one of them. I think it was I think it was uh, Jesse Ventura who said that. Uh, well, but I, I, it, that was during my heyday of listening to Rogan's podcast, and Ventura was on the episode. So yeah, that's so even way that, that's what probably what it was. Yeah. I remember seeing it in Alex Jones, one of Alex Jones's documentaries. Um, no. So that's that's where I seen it. Um, <laughs> you can still get this. You can still find no, this. no. This is before they were scrubbed <laughs> off the internet, my friend. You have to have a backup. Um, oh my god! But yeah, because Joe Rogan was all over those for a while, and so was Ventura. So I'm like, cool. I watch these. Um, yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're on Twitter, you can find us either at Nerdsnow Media on Twitter or for this show at WVI Desk, um, and the same with. Facebook and all that kind of stuff. You can just look for it because we're there. Uh, yeah, we'll interact because it, it, as annoying as Twitter is for the reasons you mentioned, it is very direct and it's very straightforward. And I, I remember why I like Twitter. Um, it's yeah. been a very long time since I've actually liked Twitter because of all the reasons you mentioned. But from going through it today, I'm like, cool, I set it up. And I, I didn't realize you could have multiple accounts on um the, on the app and on the web interface so I can actually check it now I went on to right. the Nerd, I went on the Nerd and Media one and there was loads of stuff I'm like oh dear <laughs> oh dear um, so I would I, I hope that that's your reaction yeah uh, I'd be like ah oh, so much work you know, it's just like oh dear <laughs> I gotta I gotta like respond to all these people and set this up um, 
so yeah, uh, we, we'll be monitoring those. So if you want to reach out, please do uh, and email us at Nerdtown Media. Yes, please do. If there's some, if there's a topic you want us to discuss, um, if you want our take on something that hasn't even been covered in one of these documentaries, we'll do that. That's oh yeah, kind of dirty stuff that you know we like to get into. Um, this was, I think, it was my favorite topic we've had so far. Easily, it's just I, I loved it. I, I, like one thing we're doing on Nerdtown Media is we're covering The Simpsons season by season. Oh. So it's kind of a similar thing, but less harrowing, obviously. But um, this was great. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed, you know, just being able to sit down, watch these documentaries, have some notes, and be able to dig into it. So yeah, by all means, you know, it was like what we did the, with the religious angles and wrestling. You know, to have that kind of that interplay and to be able to go and have that focus streamline was very cool right. indeed so good job Dave for coming up with that man it was well, really fun there's, you know everybody's always going to be talking about the news and when something major happens like last week or two weeks ago with all the release yeah yeah we'll talk about it but we want to be a show that's more of something that you were talking about might hold up over time or mm. is something that there's a topic that you're interested to so you listen to it it's not just another wrestling podcast. This is the first wrestling podcast ever hosted by wrestling fans. And I think that's... <laughs> yeah, we can don't hate... Our... Okay. Can that be our tagline? <laughs> yeah, we don't hate wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate wrestling, believe it or not. Yeah. So tune in. <laughs> you know what? That's that's a pretty good tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, you know, and if you don't hate wrestling as well, thanks for joining us. Um, because, you know, I the problem with wrestling media is that you start hating what you're watching. And that's when you become a yeah. ranty, angry mess. It's much more fun to just enjoy it for what it is. You know, even when it is something as dark as, you know, the dark side of the ring. You know, what what made that very, what made it so impactful is it captured the the love of wrestling or the gras we'd say in Irish um, of wrestling that's like this is this is what we love and it you know and then when something happens that shakes it completely you're like well this is why it shakes it completely because it, it took away that that innocence and made it something totally different but look yes. any topic that you guys want to mention if we can see it we'll cover it that's my rule don't pick something that I have to go out of my way to find because yeah don't don't tell me to watch the bonus disc number four from royal rumble 92 okay yeah i don't that, have it that's i only have bonus disc three yeah. i lost the fourth one <laughs> actually one thing that did happen <laughs> last week i mentioned uh the hardcore documentary uh the hardcore right, right. disc yeah it actually arrived i couldn't believe it, it arrived super All quick right. so i'm gonna probably watch that this week um if you want to watch well we can talk off air yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, that arrived and I couldn't believe it. So fair play Amazon for uh, picking that order up. But uh, yeah, I only yeah, that's ha- definitely an essential. Well, <laughs> it got delivered. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, but yeah, guys, you know, we're here. We're only a tweet away. And if you want to check out everything of all your shows, it's on Nairtonal Media. Go over to NairtonalMedia.com and check it out. So we, we will talk to you next week. So Yeah, and hey, don't forget to subscribe on Twitch, oh, yeah. YouTube, everything. You know, ring the bell. Can we be those people? Can yeah, let's, people? let's do it. Ring let's the bell. Ring, ring the, the bell. bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> smash that like. Subscribe and follow all that junk that smash normal people do. Like, yeah. I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get in the algorithm, guys. Help us out. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah so if you want to do that that'll help us out you know like the video and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah the only wrestling podcast hosted by wrestling fans (laughs) see you next week guys (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.